This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject working dogs and working animals. And today, we're going to be talking with Lance Hockett, and he is a game warden with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism, and he is also a canine police dog handler. And Lance is going to be talking with us about the work that he and his newest police canine dog, Kodak, are doing together. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome game warden Lance Hockett and Kodak. Kodak to the show. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello, Lance, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, we're so excited to hear about the work that you're doing. So can you start out by telling us a little bit about your job at the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism? Like you mentioned, I'm a state game warden. Uh, we spend a majority of our time checking people, hunting, fishing, boating, trapping, those kind of things. As a canine officer, of course, I have additional duties that, that go along with, with all of that. Uh, yeah, as, as state and... game wardens in Kansas, you know, we're... we're fully certified law enforcement officers, so we can enforce all laws. It's not just the hunting and fishing, boating types of things. We do a little bit of everything as it comes along or as we come across it. Well, and so tell us, how did you start working um, as part of the canine unit? Kansas started its canine program back in, uh, I believe, 2002 when we initially started uh, five dogs and started the canine program. And since its inception in 2002, uh, we've had dogs, of course, that have retired and handlers that have decided to maybe not do a second dog or take another avenue in the department. So that's just opened up additional positions uh, for canine handlers within our department. And I was hired or I was promoted in 2011 to be a canine handler. And I had my first dog, Canine Meg, in 2011 when I started with her. And so Meg had been working with someone else before you? No, she was my first dog, and I was her first handler. Oh, nice. And then Meg, is she retired recently? Yes, we retired her in January of this year. Uh, She worked for almost eight years or seven years. She was a chocolate lab, and all of our dogs in the past, from 2002 till this year, 
were dogs that were rescue dogs or dogs that were donated to us from families that, I don't like to use the word, didn't want them anymore, but they just were maybe too much to handle for them because a dog, to do the line of work that we need, it has to be extremely high energy, a little high strung, and sometimes they don't always make the best pets in the world for the first few years. Yeah. It's a little frustrating. So we take those dogs with all that high energy and, and see if they can do the job we need them to do. And that's kind of how Meg came to me. She actually she actually was a dog that we believe was dumped or ran away because she showed up on a on a lady's front porch in the middle of up on the Nebraska Kansas state line. When she was just a puppy, she had a collar on her, but the collar had grown into her neck. And, you know, even at a young age, about a year old, you could tell that she probably hadn't had the greatest life. So that lady took her in and kind of adopted her, was never able to find an owner. But Meg was just too much for her to handle. And once she heard that we were looking for dogs to for our canine program, she contacted us and, and wanted to know if Meg might work. So we went and met with her and we were able to, to take Meg and put her in as a working dog and, and made everybody happy. I think Meg had a little bit of a better life and the, the lady that found her, I think, felt very, very happy and very proud of what Meg has done over her career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, Meg had a, a higher calling that she had to do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so you said that you used to accept donated dogs. Do you guys well, don't do that any longer because of maybe health issues or something? Well, and this is the, when I got Kodak this year, we actually started three new dogs this year. And Kodak, of course, is one of them. But we decided, and the department decided this year, that we were going to purchase dogs. And for that reason that you just stated, to avoid, to try and help avoid some of the health problems that labs have. Because that's uh, Labrador Retrievers are the breed that we use. They're a sporting breed, and they, they just work well in wildlife law enforcement. Yeah. And, you know, like Meg, I know I know nothing about her history, nothing about where she came from, nothing about her background. And and part of the reason that uh, since, since she's retired or right before she retired, we actually found out that she does have hip dysplasia, and, and it's gotten pretty severe. So she probably could have worked for another year, but, you know, she's been, been retired since January, and she has sure slowed down a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, nothing's foolproof, but we're trying to spend a little money and get a little get a little bit of history on the dogs that we're getting now. And mm-hmm. and by spending money, I don't mean we're spending a lot because we're not. It's a very small drop in the bucket. We're actually, the places that we've gotten the dogs from, the three dogs that we got, the breeders or the facilities that we got them from, actually, they wanted more than, than we were probably willing to pay, but they were they were willing to donate the other part of that which helps us out greatly. Yeah, that whole breeding, I know with assistance dogs, that is a whole science, but you're right. There's, you really do. I I know I love the idea of rescuing dogs and giving them a purpose and a job, but I also, I'm like you, I see what happens when you have dogs that you don't know that history. And when you invest so much training and so much education and resources into them, and then they can't work very long, it starts to become very problematic very quickly. Yes, it really does. And like I said, we we retired Meg a little early, and that was already planned before we knew that she had the hip dysplasia. But in the long run, that was probably the best thing for her. Yeah. And did you get to keep Meg? Yes, 
Absolutely. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, so I always say that I have a retired dog too, Whistle. And I always say that Whistle's on the couch watching TV while Lovey is working, which he really <laughs> likes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's awesome. Meg deserves to have some good retirement days. She's still adjusting. Yeah. It's, it does take It's hard time. for her. You know, for, for almost eight years, she went to work with me every day, you know, working eight, wow. 10, 12 hours a day. And, and now she has to watch another dog get in her truck and drive away. Yeah, so. yep. that hurts. Yep, I know. My, my second dog, Morgan, actually, he never did accept his retirement. And every day I would have to dress him in his backpack so that he thought he was working. Even when he was blind and deaf, he still had to get that backpack on every day and lay by my desk so that he thought he was working and he held it against Whistle until the last day that he died that Whistle <laughs> took his job so yeah it's, yeah you could tell Meg certainly understand that pride in her work and and it's hard to be left behind yeah she she certainly enjoyed it but her she did her time and, and she did a lot of great things it's just time for her to pass the torch and yeah let a younger dog do it so well, I'm, tell I'm us about, to, yeah, I bet you are excited because now you're working with Kodak and tell us about Kodak. What kind of dog is he? Kodak is a black lab. Uh, he's, I believe he's 20, he's 21 months old right now. Okay, uh, so he's still a young guy. Yeah, I got him when he was five months old. So I got <laughs> him, I got him almost a full year before I went to training with him uh, because we do our canine training. It's, it's a nine-week canine school uh, mm-hmm. and we do it. We go to Indiana. Indiana Department of Natural Resources puts on a canine school for other states, for the other game wardens in other states. If there's enough of an interest, they don't necessarily have one every year. But when there's enough interest and they can have enough for a school, which I think they prefer about five dogs, is enough for a school. And once they get enough interest, then then they will generally hold a school, which is, is, has been really great because the instructors are magnificent. Uh, they have a really great training facility. It's really great training. It is a long nine weeks at times. but Yeah. And do you oh, stay there when you do the nine weeks or how does yeah, that it, work? Yeah, it's and I've done it twice. I went there with Meg and I've done it with Kodak, but it's this last session that I went to last with Kodak, it was three weeks there, three weeks home, three weeks there, and then five weeks home, and then three weeks there. We just graduated on May 18th is when we finished. Wow, congratulations. There were nine dogs in that school. There were three from Kansas, two from Virginia, three from wow. Indiana, and, wow, one from from I- one, one, and one from Idaho. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, tell us, what was that nine weeks like? What were the dogs learning to do during that time? What are their tasks that they can perform? They start out in the nine-week school. The first, probably the first five to six weeks is spent just on tracking, uh, man tracking, people tracking, uh, to track people that, for whatever reason, either run from us, uh, maybe that are lost, uh, those kind of things. That's Mm -hmm. probably the hardest thing to teach the dog is the tracking aspect of it. So we spend the most amount of time working on that. Yeah. And and it's not like what people see on TV because I get asked all the time, well, you know, here's, here's a shirt that somebody that was wearing. Can you go find them? Well, that's not how our dogs are trained. Our dogs are trained to follow the, the actual human scent of an individual person or the crushed vegetation where they either walked or ran. They track off of both. Mm-hmm. So for our dogs, we need a starting point. Where was the last place that this person that we're looking for was? You know, where mm-hmm. did they run through? Where did they walk away from? 
those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that would be hard. Gosh, and what other tasks could they do? What other things are they training for? Then the next thing after we progress through the tracking part of it and they get that down, or not say down, but get it, start to get it mastered a little bit, then we graduate into doing what we call evidence recovery or area searches. Our dogs mm-hmm. are trained to, to find anything with human scent on it and or you know, gunpowder, gunpowder residue, those kind of things. So our dogs can find guns, shell casings, it's really limitless when it comes to anything that anybody's touched, whether that be a cell phone that somebody lost, whether that be a maybe a knife that somebody used to commit a crime and they you know threw it out the window. It could be anything, really. Wow. Meg, back in Meg's day, you know, she found a wallet that a hunter had actually lost 10 days prior out in the field. He just didn't know where he lost it. He looked and looked and looked and was unable to ever find it. And he called me and asked me if, if he, I thought Meg could find it. And I said, well, I'd, we can try because he didn't know exactly exactly where he lost it he knew where he started and he knew where he finished and meg found it in six minutes so we got six we got minutes wow yeah. <laughs> wow she's setting the bar really high for kodak wow yeah well hold on to that thought lance because we're going to take okay. just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors and we're going to come back and continue talking about this training because i want to hear more about what you guys did during the training so you guys hang tight and come right back we'll be right back right after these messages stay tuned Listeners, I'd love to introduce you to PetPlate.com. They deliver freshly cooked human-grade dog food right to your door. I've been feeding PetPlate to my pup for the last two weeks, and it's perfect for my picky pup and perfect for me since I'm so busy. So if you want something super healthy, really tasty, and ready to serve, go to PetPlate.com forward slash spot to get 30% off your first box. P-E-T-P-L-A-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Game Warden Lance Hockett. And he's telling us all about the amazing work that his previous dog, Meg, and his current dog, Kodak, are involved with. And before the break, we were talking about the training that you guys went through. And you were telling us about the tracking training and the evidence recovery and your area searches. And what other things did you work on during that nine-week training period? In addition to the tracking and the evidence recovery, our dogs are also trained to do wildlife detection. It is essentially the same thing as, as what drug dogs do. It's just that our dogs are trained to detect wildlife that's maybe hidden. Maybe it's someone that has caught maybe too many fish. Maybe they hid some in their trunk or their vehicle or maybe in the weeds somewhere. Maybe they've shot too many ducks and hidden them under decoys or in a decoy bag or in a boat, those kind of things. We can take our dogs and you know walk them around a vehicle or around a boat or maybe we can be in a, in a hunter's campsite or something and if we have an issue and, and our dogs are, are trained to detect on wildlife. All of our dogs, after they come out of our nine-week canine school, are trained on deer, turkey, and waterfowl. Those okay. Three things. And then each handler specific to the area that they work in can add more stuff to that after they get back to their area. 
depending on where where they live and the and the different types of wildlife that they might need to add to it, whether that be fish or maybe elk or just whatever might need to be added. Yeah, I was wondering that if they trained you guys on how to increase their skill level. And how do you do that, Lance? How do you go about teaching them a new skill like if you wanted them to do fish? It's actually pretty simple once once you get them, you know, started on it. Once they've learned that first that first or second wildlife smell, it's a pretty easy game for them. It doesn't take long to introduce a new species to them. We actually use the meat. So say say I wanted to do pheasants because I have pheasants in, in my part of the world. I would just start Kodak off with introducing to the meat by putting it in like a scent bag and a, and a rolled up towel because that's his reward toy is a rolled up white towel. Mm-hmm. I would let okay. him play with it. I would I would make him fetch it, do different things like that. And he would start to get used to the odor and realize that it's associated with his play toy and that it's fun. And then we start progressing into different things to where the meat is hidden and he knows how he has to alert on it before he gets his toy and those different kinds of things. Oh, cool. About how long does it take you to teach them a new, a new species like that? I could probably do it in a couple hours pretty easily. Isn't that amazing? They're very quick learners. Like Meg, yep. you know, Kodak's still new and he's still learning. I haven't added anything new to him yet. But like Meg, we added elk and moose to her because Colorado Division of Wildlife wanted to do a check lane on Interstate 70 several years ago that was a 36-hour straight, just a wildlife check lane checking hunters that were coming down out of the mountains that mm-hmm. have been hunting. They didn't have any dogs, so they requested three of us from Kansas to go out there. So they, they sent some elk meat and moose meat out here, and we got our three dogs up to speed you know, on those two animals in just a couple hours. And then, then it's a continuing process. You know, Once you added a wildlife a smell to a dog, just like with drugs or anything else for a dog, it's something you have to continue to work on. Yeah. And stay certified on. We keep detailed records on everything that our dogs do for court purposes and those kind of things in case ever questioned or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us what's Kodak's, what do you think is his best skill so far? What do you think that he's best at out of all those things? Kodak is best at probably what is the absolute hardest, and that is the tracking aspect of it. Kodak is a little superstar at tracking. Uh, he's just good at it. I don't know if I don't know if it comes naturally to him or what, but he is a dog that, as a handler, when you're running a track and you're trying to find somebody, it's usually not the dog that messes it up. It's usually the handler because maybe they doubt what their dog is doing or if their dog is really going where they're supposed to be going. It's, it's you as the handler trying to read your dog and know if mm-hmm. your dog is doing what it's supposed to be doing. With Kodak, hard to say this, but it's just kind of hang on and go because he's going to get you there. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about and that trust, though. It really is. It is. Yeah. And with Meg, I had to read her. I really did. We really had to work together. And with Kodak, I could give the lead to just about anybody. And I, I they could run a mile-long track, and I guarantee he'd get you there. He's a very he's easy dog it. to read. Wow. He's on it. So he's really fun to watch, too. I was going to say, he must be a lot of fun to be working with. That's really wonderful that out of all those things, that that's his biggest strength because that's the hardest. So that's awesome. It is, and it makes my job a lot easier. And, and especially being my second dog, you know, going through the school, it, it just it made the school a lot easier for me with him being able to excel at that. Yeah. It made everything else easier for me. 
So I bet. I bet. Well, you've got the little star out of the class. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Well, do you guys ever do any work with the sheriff's department or with other law enforcement? You mentioned the Colorado, but do you do other besides game and fish kinds of things? Yes. Actually, I probably get more calls from other agencies to use my dog than I do for my own department, um, whether that be other sheriff's departments, the highway patrol, uh, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation. It's pretty endless. Um, Kodak's already been used. I mean, he's only been out a month now, and he's already been used twice by other agencies, other sheriff's departments. Mm-hmm. To, for what kind of oh, cases? One was just a simple lost set of keys by an elderly lady on the side of the road. That <sighs> She got frustrated and threw them out in the ditch and then didn't remember where she threw them. The second one was Kodak and one of our other dogs. We went to help the Highway Patrol and the Sheriff's Department look for a gun that was used. The Highway Patrol had gotten in a car chase a couple weeks ago on Interstate, and the guy that was driving the car running running from them was actually shooting at the troopers out of the vehicle. And when he wrecked his vehicle, he took off on foot and he ditched the gun. So we went to help them look for that. But our dogs are used a lot by other agencies. Like I said, the KBI, which is the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, Meg helped I'm going to say at least three to four different homicide investigations uh, helped look for evidence used in those, guns, shell casings, those kind of things, officer-involved shootings, those different kinds of things. Yeah, wow. So that is, I mean, that's a lot of different different opportunities for your dogs to really have a huge impact in these cases. It is. When you th- and when you think about it, you know, as game wardens, we spend most of our time around people that have guns. And so our dogs get a lot of work, you know, looking for guns or finding guns or shell casings, those kind of things. So when it comes to a crime against a person with a gun, then, you know, our dogs are already have a lot of experience in looking for those kind of things. It's where a sheriff's department might not get all that much use in it. You know, they might they might have a shooting or two every couple of years where they're looking for something. But, you know, Kodak will probably look for half a dozen to a dozen guns in the next year, I would say. And and a lot of times it's just something as simple as maybe somebody doesn't have a hunting license and they see me pulling up and they lay their gun down and keep walking and mm-hmm. you know take the dog out to look for a gun. So Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Kodak's going to be really seasoned at that much more than other dogs. That's a great point. And do you do community presentations and community education kinds of things too, right? Yes. You know, since we have labs, since they're not not bite dogs or anything like that. We do a lot of programs. We go to a lot of schools and give demonstrations. I actually just did uh, did a program this morning at here in my county for uh, Camp 911. It's a camp for, I believe, just sixth graders. And they spend two days at this camp, and they just get to meet and see different types of law enforcement. They get to see the ambulances, the fire trucks, and just a little bit of everything to do with with those kind of things. So I, I went out last year and did a program and they asked me to come back and do a program again this year. So I actually was doing that this morning with Kodak. Oh, how fun. And do you guys, do you demonstrate some of his skills when you do those presentations? Yeah, I actually did some wildlife detection with him this morning. So I, I hid some turkey meat and had some boxes scattered out around on the outside where we were doing the demonstration and let him find what he needed to find and show his alert and so he could get his toy and play. 
I know the kids love seeing that. I bet they oh, did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how many of them now want to grow up and be like you and be a dog <laughs> handler with law enforcement. That's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I did it last year with Meg, and I actually had Kodak last year at that time, so I took him with me so they got to meet him. Oh, perfect. And the Camp 911 directors actually said that the kids loved the dog so much that they said, you're coming back next year. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have much of a choice. No, I'm sure you didn't. No, but I'm sure you'll be back there next year, too. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, so how do you interact with people with Kodak and, and with Meg whenever you're out in public? You know, what is the protocol and the etiquette for that if someone sees you two out in public? You know, it, most people are really good. I think they've seen enough on TV or they, they've seen enough about service dogs. Surprisingly, I would say at least 90% of the people always ask first, is, is it okay if I pet your dog? Which is not a problem. I appreciate the asking. And they always want to meet. You know, everybody loves a lab. So they want to meet <laughs> the dog and, and uh, get out and learn a little bit about them. Because like I said, a lot of people don't know that, that game wardens have dogs, even though we've had them for like our 15th, 16th year now for our department. So... It goes over really well. Of course, kids always love it, but even sometimes the adults are just as much in awe as even the kids are sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. That's why when I heard about you guys, I wanted you to be on the show because, yeah, you don't usually hear about game wardens having working dogs. So I'm so glad that you've been educating us about what you guys do and what Meg and Kodak's work really is. And you mentioned that Kodak likes a toy, that that's what he gets whenever he finds something or, or completes his task. So what else do you do for fun with Kodak? For his work, you mean? Well, for or for his playtime, for his downtime. Uh, he's wound. He's he's a very <laughs> high-strung lab. He's, he just wants to play. That's all he does. He has a, a, a huge Kong ball at home, and it, <laughs> that's all he wants to play with. I can throw it till my arm falls off, and he never gets tired of chasing it. <laughs> and he wants you to do it again. <laughs> yep, until he chews it up, and then I have to throw it away and go buy him a new one, which I right. just bought him one this I just bought him a new one this weekend. So. <laughs> right. Well, and so, but do back up and tell us, so when he does do a find, tell us what that is when he gets his reward. The dogs this year, the three dogs we just started, we went to a, a little bit of a different kind of alert for when they maybe find a gun or do their detection. Our dogs in the past, like Meg and all the dogs before that, did an aggressive alert, which meant that they scratched. So okay. if, if they found a cell phone laying in the weeds or a shotgun or if somebody had some ducks hidden in their vehicle, then our dogs were trained to scratch, which is good and can be problematic, especially if you have a $50,000 vehicle. The dogs that we have now, the three that we just started, we're doing passive alerts. They are trained to sit and stare at what they have found. So if Kodak finds a gun in the field, he sits and stares at it. And additionally, I have, not everybody did this, but I taught Kodak to also bark. So he sits and he stares and he barks when he finds something. Nice. And so there's no question. I, right. And, and I did that because if he's in the timber or the t tall grass and he finds something, maybe I can't see him. Exactly. Yeah. And he's just sitting there. I, I at least want him to bark and let me know. But yeah, there's no question. He was barking like crazy this morning when the kids were there when he was doing, <laughs> doing his detection. But, uh, but no, we've, we've gone to the passive alert and it, it seems to 
would work really well. And it's much safer, too, mm-hmm. because yeah. if they do find a gun in the field, it, you know, it may or may not be loaded. And when a dog is scratching at something like that, you never know what might happen. It might actually right. go off or, or something might happen. So Right. Well, that's great. Yeah, that does seem like it's much more safer and, and much easier to manage, not causing other issues that might come up. But so, so when he does alert, then what happens? Once he does what he's supposed to do, then he gets his reward toy, which is either, depending on what he's doing, it's either a Kong or a, a rolled up white towel. Those are his two reward toys, and that's what he works for. He doesn't <laughs> care what he found. He doesn't care what right. what it has to do with. Um, <laughs> he just wants his toy. So Right. Yep. That's all that matters. And then it's all good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, I just can't thank you enough for coming by and visiting with us today and for telling us about the work that you're doing. And just before you have to leave us, though, can you tell us if our listeners want to get more information about you and Kodak? How could they? Do you guys have a website? Is there any way? Are you on Facebook or Twitter? Is there any way that they could could check you guys out? You can, Kansas Game Wardens have a Facebook page. If you just probably type in Kansas Game Warden on Facebook, you can find us. Okay. Our dogs are usually on there. In fact, I believe Kodak, I think they just put him as a profile picture here this weekend. Oh, perfect. On, on, our, on our Facebook page, he actually was, actually the picture was taken because his badge is shrouded in honor of the two deputies that were, were shot and killed in Kansas City and Wyandotte yes. County this last yes. week. Mm. Um, so I shrouded his badge along with mine and took a picture of it, and, and it was they put it on Facebook. And then also Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and Tourism, we have our, our website, that's that of our Pratt office, that people can look up on, on the Internet and probably get just about any, any information that they need, any phone numbers or anything like that. But the, the Kansas Game Warden Facebook page is by far the probably the most interesting. They detail different cases and different things that the Game Wardens are doing throughout the state and things like that. So it's, it's very informative and very educational. Okay, cool. Well, we'll definitely put a link to that then on, on our webpage so that people can easily find you. So that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Lance. And give Kodak a big hug from me and Lovey. And we hope you'll come back and tell us more about the amazing work that you guys are doing. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love for you to join us and we love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you know, you can reach us at Marcy, M A R C I E, at petliferadio.com. And as always, I invite you to follow us. Follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love seeing your photos and we love hearing about the amazing work that your dogs are doing every day. So thanks so much for being with us and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.